Hello, and welcome back to episode five of the Ideal Nutrition Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Aidan Muir, and I am once again joined by my co-host, Leah Heigl. And today we're going to talk about, or we're just going to do a getting to know us kind of episode, because we're five episodes in, we haven't really talked much about our lives, why we do what we do, um, how we got here and everything like that. So I think it's time that we we do an episode on that really just a bit on our background story so did you want to kick things off Leah and just share your background story and why you care about nutrition yeah totally so in preparation for this specific podcast uh, we were laughing because I really couldn't figure out what my background story was getting into nutrition and it's something that I still I mean I'm not so positive of why I started to care about nutrition but I have I guess a theory (laughs) Um, so growing up, my, my mum was a bodybuilder. Um, she only competed a couple of times, but her life was very much based around tra- like strength training and she always had a six pack. So nutrition was huge. I mean, I remember like weighing out and tracking, like weighing out my food and tracking my macros from like the age of 14, That's crazy. which is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I would not advise that for a teenager. Um, so unfortunately I, I feel like my passion for nutrition started in maybe not the best place in that it did come from this kind of point of, uh, disordered eating, unfortunately, which a lot of teenage girls experience. Um, And that was within my household and and it wasn't super healthy. But in saying that, um, as I became a strength athlete and I started powerlifting, my relationship with food became a lot better. I appreciated nutrition as a science and that's realistically why I care about it now. So very different to, to what I started out as. But how about you? Yeah, so it's interesting because like I still care about it for a lot of the reasons I started caring about it, but there is a few changes along the way as well. So I suppose starting with the background stuff, uh, it's it's hard because I've told this story so many times and so many different podcasts and stuff like that. But the the basic summary is that I I was very skinny as a kid. Um, I didn't have any form of disordered eating or anything like that. I wasn't bullied or anything like that. I just had a like. I was pretty happy, but I liked sports. And outside of that, like I thought getting jacked was going to solve a lot of problems. Like I didn't really have problems, but like, I was like, oh, I'll just be so much more confident if I'm like muscular or whatever. Um, and I come from a pretty strict household in that, like from a food perspective, it was fine. I think my parents did a great job from a um, relationship with food perspective. Like there was no dieting or anything that was going on. I never, they didn't talk about food negatively or anything like that very much, but um, I had a strict household in that I wasn't allowed to go to the gym. It's a bit of a weird, bit of a weird rule. That's interesting. Yeah, but like I was always too young, and then when I, by the time I turned seventeen, my parents were really big on HSC, and they were kind of like, if you get injured and you can't do your HSC, like that's going to affect your future. So they were basically like, you can't play sport or go to the gym for a year. Like I was not allowed to play sport in case I like broke my wrist or something like that, and like that, like. That, I don't know, that triggered me. I was, that frustrated me a lot. It still frustrates me, honestly, to this day. Um, but, like, basically, um, I wasn't allowed to go to the gym. And a lot of things I do in my life, even now, I feel like stem from stuff I wasn't allowed to do as a kid. Like, I still play guitar every single day, pretty much. And my parents, like, set limits on how much I could play guitar. Um, I play basketball. I love basketball. And... They stopped me from playing basketball when I was 12 years old for, for a couple of reasons. I don't want to go too much into that, but they stopped me like from playing basketball. That made me want to do that. 
they didn't let me go to the gym. So I started to like fall in love with the gym because it was something I was held back from doing. And I started sneaking out when I was 17 years old to go to, to the go gym. To go to the gym? Yeah, it's so funny. Like I'd, tell, like I'd have a free period at school at the end of the day and I wouldn't tell my parents about it. So I'd like go and go to the gym, um, start lifting weights and stuff like that. I started a program called um, Starting Strength, which is a solid like beginner program. But as, as you know, like I... I was like very skinny, I was 67 kilos and I lost weight when I started lifting. And like everybody else gets like newbie gains and like sees really quick Yeah, that's quick when you progress. gain the most yeah. muscle. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I didn't. My strength was going nowhere, all those kind of things. Um, and that really bothered me. So I started learning about nutrition and I started just like Googling and I had a mate who just got into the gym at the same time and he basically, like he asked me one day, just like sent me a message like, hey man, what's your program? And I told him, I was like, oh, I bench for five sets at the start of the workout and then I do like a hundred sets of arms and then I bench at the end of my workout for another five sets. <laughs> and he sent me a program um, from bodybuilding.com and that set me down the rabbit hole of bodybuilding.com and that's how I learned about nutrition. And because like it was it was always hard for me to gain size, gain muscle and even to a certain degree like stay lean while gaining muscle once I like figured it out, like it wasn't like a great ratio. Um that's why I started learning as much as I could about nutrition. And I was spending like a couple hours a day on like bodybuilding.com, another kind of niche bodybuilding forum as well, which no longer really exists. And I was spending all my time. So I was like, well, what am I going to study at university? To be honest, I didn't like university was my way out of that strict household. Like I didn't really have any passions, but I was like, if I go to uni, I get Centrelink. Like, <laughs> if I go to uni, like, at least I've got a safety. What a reason. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's funny because I didn't get a job for my first year at uni. And I I was so obsessed with saving so that I wouldn't have to go back home. Um, sorry, shout out. I love my parents. I, like, if they ever listen to this, like, <laughs> love you, mum and dad. But, like, I, I was so obsessed with saving because I didn't want to risk having to go back home that even on Centrelink, whatever the money was, like 10000 or 13000 or something like that for the year, I saved money. Like I made money only you on saved that in money over on a that. year. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so like university was my way out and I'm like, well, I'm learning about nutrition and training and all this stuff anyway. Um, back to the strict parents thing. I kind of wanted to do exercise science. My dad said no to that. He vetoed it to get some link. You've got to get your parents signature if you're, if you're not d- divorced from your parents at that age. So like I had to do something that would make them happy. And he's like, Oh, there's jobs in dietetics. And so like, do that. <laughs> that's funny for us because there is not jobs in dietetics. There is no jobs in dietetics. Yeah. So like I had my shoot, my future kind of like shaped a little bit in that way. And it's funny in hindsight, but like, anyway, I, I'm stoked with what I do now. And I was like, I was spending all my time on nutrition and training anyway. So I was like, mm, might as well learn about nutrition. So that is how I got into university. Did you want to kind of talk about your, your next kind of steps in the nutrition journey, like going to uni and that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I went to QUT here in Brisbane and it was a four-year bachelor's degree, so Bachelor of Nutrition and Dietetics. And then in the fourth year, you do your honours research project and then pretty much a full year of placement. So the first three years, pretty simple, very standard um, kind of bachelor's degree. Obviously, it was hard, um, not simple in that way, but simple in how it worked. And then the final year was was majority placement. Uh, I remember like living off baked beans and toast because I couldn't work and living in someone's basement. Uh, so it was a rough year. Um, but overall, I did I did really, really enjoy my degree, even though there were several times in things like biochemistry. I'm like, 
can I actually do this? Can I pass these subjects in order to get through this degree? Uh, but finally got there in the end, did all four years. Um, it did take me a couple of years kind of to get into working in, in dietetics because unlike what they tell you at uni, there aren't many jobs in this space and it is a really hard thing to get into. So I think the leap from uni to a career was the hardest part about it. Yeah. With, with my education, pretty similar four-year degree, um, obviously the start of it, not super nutrition-based towards the end it is. Placement, I was lucky enough to work during placement. Um, I developed my love of money around that time, more so than I've got now, to be fair. And I, I would I would work 24 hours every weekend. So I'd work two back-to-back 12-hour shifts. During placement? During placement. How did you and not like, die? Yeah, so like I actually did, like I think it's the only time I've ever gotten sick from like overwork and that kind of... Oh, Okay, so we just had some technical difficulties. So I've kind of lost where we're up to. I think we're talking about my education now, where I studied, all those kind of things. So I studied at Charles Sturt University in Wagga Wagga. And similarly to Leah's, like the first few years of uni weren't really nutrition focused. The last couple ones were. Um, same kind of thing, placement for a year and everything like that. I, I was fortunate enough that I was able to work during placement though and... It was around the time where my love of money kind of developed, even though much more back then than it is now. And I was working 24 hours every weekend as well. So like I do placement five days a week and I'd work 24 hours on the weekend. Um, Learned that I'm at low risk of vitamin D deficiency because I barely saw the sun and I got a blood test and I was still high on the levels for vitamin D. So that's funny. Like um, I probably got like less than five minutes of sun per day for 20 weeks straight. Um, But yeah, and... I think that's mostly it. Like, I suppose, do you want to go with like the next kind of step in the career after university for you? Yeah. So after university, I did go more into like a retail product management position uh, just because at the time I had a lot of family stuff going on. It was just not the time to embark on a new career endeavor, particularly in something like dietetics, where it's so hard to get paid work initially. Like there's such a big thing where a lot of dietitians will just do internships and and work for free for a long time. Unfortunately, wasn't in that position. But after a couple of years of kind of having a full time job, setting myself up uh, to to finally embark on that endeavor, I, I did was able to get um, some positions in in dietetics. So currently, obviously, I'm working for Aiden here at Ideal Nutrition, which has been awesome. So that's been since. February? I think around then, yeah. Around yeah, time, around yeah. February. So that's been great. That's mainly in a content creation role um, as I am doing more stuff with another company called Plant Nutrition and Wellness. So that's run by a, a lovely dietitian named Kia. Um, she's been the best. She's kind of been my mentor ever since kind of I started trying to get into dietetics. Um, she's plant-based, I'm plant-based. So a lot of our values fit together. So it made sense for us to work together. Um, I am in a private practice. I work predominantly online at the moment, but we do have a clinic, which I do work out of as well. Um, Practice mainly as a sports dietitian, so seeing athletes, and then most of them are plant-based. So really in a a very specific niche of kind of plant-based vegan sports nutrition, which I found has has really worked for me and is truly my passion. Um, work with a range of sporting backgrounds. So powerlifting is definitely one. I compete in powerlifting, something I'm super interested in, strength sports in general. Um, although I do work with a lot of combat athletes, predominantly boxers um, and endurance athletes as well. So I do like having that full mix. 
Um, outside of that, so I do both of those simultaneously. And then outside of that, I do uh, run a coaching program for Bikerbitty, who's like an Instagram influencer, Paige Mills. And uh, that's just been an interesting add-on recently. Cool. So my kind of, I guess, background post-university, I was pretty lucky in that directly after university, I was able to get a role in a gym and I didn't really have ambitions of starting a business at the time, but to start the, to start that role, I needed to be a sole trader. I needed to have my own business. It was, it was my business basically. It was just inside of a gym and it, it was an interesting one because it was like a, a large gym in Wagga Wagga. So it had 3000 members, which is as Leah and I were speaking about earlier, it's crazy because there's it's a lot for a gym. Yeah. It's a lot for a gym and Wagga's only got 60,000 people. So like the guy who was running was like a bit of a savant when it comes to like business and gyms and stuff like that. It's really shaped how I view my own business now as well a little bit. Um, but yeah, pretty crazy. But like that was, it was such a good opportunity because I was like, that's always what I wanted to kind of do anyway. Like all those people on bodybuilding.com and stuff like that, who I'd been following and learning about nutrition from, they were kind of in that space. And I was like, well, that's what I want to do. It's, it's just lucky that I, I lucked into that role. Um, so same business that I've got now. So it's Ideal Nutrition. And I did that for like three or four months. And I, I had a bit of a lead into that period where I was just like working um, unpaid, but I was working as a receptionist at the gym to kind of like build relationships with people and stuff like that, set the business up, learn how to run a business, all those kind of things before I actually started it. And I remember I'd like planned to kick things off in January of that year. Of That was 2017, so it was 2016 when I first started working there. And week one, nobody wanted to book in. Like one or two people booked in and I was yeah. like, oh my God. As I said, I liked money at that time and I was like, not much coming in. No. <laughs> and yeah, so it was pretty scary. Um, and then I, I lucked into some, like I ran a competition on Facebook and it was basically like giving away a fruit basket in Wagga to just residents of Wagga, like whoever won the, it was like a like and tag your friend kind of thing. And it just blew up like... I boosted it for like 20 or $30 on Facebook and it just like literally went out to 15,000 people in Wagga Wagga and everybody who commented on it, I DM'd them. Like there was a way to message on Facebook back then um, through the business being like, hey, just to let you know, you're the runner-up of this competition. Um, I'll give you a discounted consult at my actual price, which was an introductory offer. So I booked in like 20 or 30 people for like the next couple of weeks. Um, but like it was pretty it was pretty clear that like I needed more experience. Like I, I, I'd been speaking to a few people who'd been in the dietetics game for quite some time. And like hearing stories, like there's some people who were saying stuff like, yeah, I saw 20 people per day when I was... Um, your level of experience and I was sitting there being like if I see people, four people in a week I'm feeling good like yeah <laughs> so 20 is a lot in a day yeah and like now that I, know, I know that's like messed up that's like too much but like I was kind of like I could get better so much quicker I was really ambitious at the yeah. time I was like I want to get good so I went to work for a large dietetics organization for about two and a half years um and during that time, I was working around 50 hours per week for that company, um, sometimes 60, but I kept the social media. I kept the social media stuff that I'd started when I started the business um, because I always saw potential in that. I didn't think I was good at it. I I struggled with it. It took a long time to build traction. It actually took me three years to get a client through Instagram. Um, I'd gotten a few through Facebook, as I mentioned, but like it took me three years to like really figure out Instagram, which is now obviously my big thing. Um, 
But I saw the potential that I was like, if I figure this out, if I put effort into it, it will turn into something. I always had that as leverage. I was like, if I want to do my own thing down the line, at least I've got something set up. So I continued doing that, continued posting on it. Three years in, I think I had about like 3,000 followers or something like that. Three years of consistent posting, which is crazy to me when I I meet people who can like get there so quickly. Um, Anyway, so I was doing that for a while. And then I left that business for a variety of reasons. I didn't even have ambitions, honestly, of starting my own business again. Like I was just kind of like, I was just done with that role. Like funny, um, I don't think I've ever said this to you, Leah, but like when I was leaving that business, I was kind of like, I, I want to leave so badly that I'd rather get a job at Subway again. <laughs> You'd just rather do anything rather except do what you were doing. anything else. Yeah. Like I was just done, um, which is, it's funny that it got to that point because I'm a pretty happy person. Like I, I really let things suck and just, just slide to the point that I um, just lost my passion for what I was doing. And I left there, but I was like, oh, I've got an Instagram following. I'll put some feelers out there and just be like, hey, does anyone want to see me through my own business? And a couple of people said yes, because at this stage I was turning a little bit more cautious with, like I was a bit less ambitious at this phase because I was like, I wouldn't say burnt out, but I was just kind of, I was like, nah, money ain't it. I don't, I don't really care about money that much anymore. I'd, I'd, I'd rather a job that I enjoy. <laughs> um, so like I was like ready to just work like 20, 30 hours per week for a little bit, just figure out what I wanted to do. So I was like, I'll just have the business just under that am- ambition, like not to actually build a business. And because I was cautious, I was like, I'll get a part-time job on the side in dietetics. And I got a job, I'll, I'll name that company Bayside Health Nook. So they're on the south side of business, of Brisbane. And it was a really good job. It was like an allied health clinic. Everything was perfect. The boss was super, super nice. Like I, it was, it was great. But I was just done. Like, I was just done working for other people. Like, if I if I like got a suggestion from this well-meaning boss um, that had worked for the business previously, but I for whatever reason thought it wasn't going to work, it just frustrated me. And if I was like sat with a client who I didn't really want to see, it would frustrate me because I'd always have in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, if it's my business, like if I don't really want to see someone, it's my call. And that just changes things because I've never actually turned away a client. Um, in my own business, or I can't remember doing that anytime recently, but at least the choice is there. It changes your perspective when you have some choice in, in who yeah. you're seeing. Yeah. yeah. So like I stayed in that job for about six months, but the moment I um, I was in a position where I was like, hey, the business is good enough that it's, I, I'd rather make, I don't know, like whatever, the money in my mind, it was like $1,000 per week. That was my number. I was like, if I make that number, I'm, I'm set, I'm happy. Um, so once it was like clear that that was going to be kind of consistent or like at some stage it looked like that was going to be consistent. I was like, I'm just going to do my own thing for a little bit. Um, and then eventually after a little bit of time, I was like, okay, I'm going to start taking this seriously. I decided to rent a room out of Valhalla Strength, which is where we both train. So it's a powerlifting gym. And honestly, it's like a bit full circle because it's kind of like, like it's the place I want to be. Like it's just like that first job I got straight out of uni. Like I'm doing what I want to do now. Like there's the same thing. There's no like real ambitions. It's just like just continue doing what I'm doing just slightly larger like that's really the goal and yeah pretty pretty happy with things right now um yeah yeah I remember you starting at Valhalla and at the time's gone really quickly yeah it's been a while yeah and it just it just fits like it was such a natural fit to me from my perspective yeah it fits so well you're already working with a lot of people that were training there so it just made a lot of logistical sense yeah 100 percent. and obviously that's how we met so that's that was nice for me yeah I got this gig (laughs) out of that so that's good um so I guess we'll, we'll kind of discuss a little bit about ourselves personally, like yeah. what we do outside of work, because I think that can be interesting for people to know. Um, obviously, both powerlifters. Mm-hmm. So I've been powerlifting for 
a few years now, but strength training, as I mentioned, like at the start of the podcast, since I was quite young. So I've always had an interest in strength sports and, and powerlifting has definitely become one of my, my main hobbies. Um, outside of that, to be honest, like work and powerlifting, are the main things I do, uh, but outside of that, music is huge for me. So I'm like wearing a death shirt now. I love heavy metal. I, I love pop punk. So music is a huge part of my aesthetic and who I am. And I think everyone is pretty aware of that by now. How about you? Yeah, so a few things. Powerlifting, obviously the same. Like I was always interested in strength training, stuff like that. Before joining Valhalla, I joined Valhalla when I moved to Brisbane from Wagga. So that was about, I don't know, like two years ago now, um, maybe a little bit over. I joined Valhalla because I was like, I just want to be surrounded by strong people. And getting surrounded by strong people was really good because it opened my eyes and like I actually made the best progress in my life when I joined Valhalla. And I don't know, being surrounded by all these people who wanted to powerlift made me want to powerlift as well. So I started getting into that. Um, obviously, I love basketball as well. That's something that I want to do for as long as I can. Um, I want to keep playing when I'm 40 is the goal. And I don't know, I just, I just enjoy it. It's a different release as well. Like it's kind of like, even though I don't care about work as much or anything like that now, it's kind of like, that's the time when I'm not thinking about anything apart from the game. Like, it's like, it's, I don't know, 40 minutes are just like pure joy. <laughs> so pure joy. That's the way yeah. I describe it. Um, so yeah, there's that. The other thing, as, as I said, like I, I think around my second year of uni, I started really like developing an interest in money. Like I kind of learned, I, I read this, it's funny now, but like I read this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And like, it's funny because it's like, it's not even a real story. It's some guy who's like, amalgamated multiple stories in his life to kind of like make a book but he made it off like it was like, like a real story but it's funny that like he, he mentioned stuff about like passive income and like financial independence like getting to plenty of enough money that you can like um you don't have to work you could choose to continue working but like you've got this passive income built up and i don't know my thoughts on that now but like that got me into investing so even though i don't care about money as much now i care about investing because it's like a game like it's just like a keeping score kind of thing yeah like, you like yeah. stocks and crypto and, and all yeah. that stuff i find so confusing but yeah. you're super into it yeah so super into stocks super into crypto um and a few other things like that so those are my other interests and i suppose the other things guitar like I don't, I don't i play guitar most days i don't care about getting good like i've played since i was like 14 or something like that um and that's just like another hobby that's like not something where it's like a competition to get good it's just like just play when i feel like it so that's cool as well but yeah, the other thing we want to talk about, I guess, is current plans, I guess, if there's any or like goals for the podcast. Is there anything you want to touch on that? Do you have goals for the podcast or is that more me? Goals for the podcast? I mean, yeah. I'm just here to learn new skills, you know, um, try to produce the best podcast we possibly can. Um, it was interesting in setting up all the equipment because I know a lot of, more about tech now than I did two weeks ago. <laughs> so that's nice. Uh, but yeah, I guess the, the big goals for the podcast lie with you, man. Yeah, so that's the thing. There's not really big goals, hey. Like I, we were both just speaking about this like earlier on today about it's pretty intimidating doing a podcast. Like we both listen to some high level podcasts, like the one that shout out Sigma Nutrition Radio. The like, best. <laughs> yeah, like we were listening to Danny Lennon speak and we're like, nah, we can't do that. Like <laughs> there's not a chance. And like that's kind of held me off from doing a podcast for ages. Like I, I've always been like, oh, if I'm going to do a podcast, I'm going to do a podcast. But this is the first time I've just been like, I don't really care. Like the, the whole, like all I want to achieve with this is like trying to put out some quality nutrition information in, in an easy to consume format. Just like there's some like influencers or whatever on social media who I follow, but I don't care. I don't follow their Instagram. I don't follow their other stuff. I don't spend time consuming their content. But when I'm driving, 
I listen to their podcast and I enjoy it. And that's basically all I'm trying to achieve here, basically putting out something that's easy to consume for whether you're driving, training, walking, whatever. And if you like it, that's sweet, and I'm stoked to contribute in some way. But that's really the goal is no major ambitions. Um, yeah, anything you want to add? No, not really. Just happy to be here. Happy to be here. That's it. Well, once again, thank you for listening. If you could please rate and review us on iTunes, that would be really appreciated as well. And thank you for listening, I guess.